Welcome to Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt. I'm Sass Petherick and this is episode number 49, Reality is Neutral. Hello lovely people, how has your week been? Here in the UK we are experiencing something of a constitutional anomaly. Our new Prime Minister has attempted to subvert democracy as one does. And you know, it's got me thinking that as an immigrant to England, even though my parents were born here and all of my relatives and my whakapapa, my my extended family are all here. I can totally understand why most of the world sort of sees Britain as this kind of mashup of Downton Abbey, Sherlock and the Beatles. There is this kind of vanilla, straight-laced, middle-class image of, of the UK. But I think what, what listeners from, from other countries may not be aware of is that there is a long history of dissent in Britain. And it's always been the working classes, women, folks marginalised on the basis of religion and race who have questioned and rebelled and protested often violently and at huge personal cost. But for centuries in the UK, long before the kind of rise of the armchair Instagram activist, radical change in this country has been because of collective action by citizens. So when I see our unelected Prime Minister attempt to muzzle debate and force through leaving the EU without a deal, I choose to look to the million-plus signatories collected in one day to a petition that protests the proroguing of Parliament, and to the hundreds of people who are standing outside Westminster right now, the cross-party talks that are happening, admitting, admittedly, frustratingly slowly, that are attempting to create an alternative option. I think there is a lot to be hopeful for here. I have not changed the podcast to talk about politics, I promise you. It's only a slight segue from today's topic, which is the idea that reality is neutral. This is such a fun thing for me to be talking about. And I wanted to introduce this concept to some of you or to kind of remind others, um, because I think it so helps when one is navigating overwhelmingly complex parliamentary law, but also when it comes to self-doubt. I think this idea is particularly useful for folks who tend to have a vociferous inner critic. And certainly if you feel like life just kind of happens to you, this idea is hopefully going to really help. So reality is neutral. What does that even mean? Well, I think it means that that everything that is reality, so everything that is outside of you, everything that's happening in the world, everyone else, everything you have no control over, all of it is neutral. It just is. All of those situations and contexts and circumstances exist. And we interpret that reality. We have thoughts and feelings about it, sometimes a lot of thoughts and feelings about it. And those thoughts and feelings usually lead us to do or say things. And and what we do or say has consequences in our lives. So we end up creating our own reality. It's a bit meta, right? But I think how we interpret the world, how we interpret reality really, really matters. So I wanted to talk about why I think reality is neutral and how this deceptively simple idea can really help us to just have a better experience of the world as well as the the outcomes we end up creating in our own lives. So I have no doubt that some of you listening are thinking, I have no idea what she's on about, and others are thinking, 
blimey sass what do you think you're talking about? Reality is not neutral in any way. You're so wrong about this. How can you say war is neutral? The Amazon's on fire. One in six women are subject to sexual assault. What about poverty? What about privilege? How can that possibly be neutral? And I want to really just respect that perspective. And I'm totally down, just for the record, I'm totally down with you feeling curious, a bit bewildered and a bit resistant to this idea. I just wanted to offer this as an as an invitation to explore something. My aim here is not to convince you of anything, it's to introduce this concept to you so you can kind of try it on for size and see how it feels to you. Because I have to tell you, this idea has freed me in the most unexpected ways. And I really want that for you too. So let's bring this back to kind of ground level and and take it through slowly. So I really like to know the provenance of ideas, like how did a person come to adopt something that forms part of their life philosophy? You know, did they actually think about this or was it a sort of unquestioned, yeah, that feels good, I'm totally going to do that? Because I think I tend to overthink things and and sort of pull things apart before I adopt them. So I want to share some of that with you. So I spent a while really diving into this concept about half a dozen years ago when I seriously considered pivoting from coaching to become a therapist. I trained in a psychotherapeutic modality called REBT or Rational Emotional Behavioral Therapy. REBT was developed in the 1950s by a white American chap called Albert Ellis, and it's a precursor to cognitive behavioral therapy, which is certainly much more popular. Now, Dr. Ellis was a pretty fascinating guy. He was an atheist and a pacifist, bit of a rebel in academia at the time. He wrote dozens of books, and he used to hold these Friday night workshops where he was known to write and sing songs, humorous songs, with a kind of self-help message based on what the audience had volunteered over the evening, which I thought was kind of genius and really quite subversive at the time. 1950s straight-laced America, and this guy is like really getting his hands dirty with clients. So REBT is rooted in the idea that we make sense of ourselves, the world, and everything and everyone through a kind of belief system, a personal belief system. And this is the combination of our thoughts, our emotions, and our behaviors. So our belief system becomes how we interpret the world. Now, Alice believed that our system is usually unhealthy. It's irrational, it doesn't serve us, or we're just unconscious of it. So we end up feeling like life just happens to us and we're in a constant state of responding to circumstances we can't control. And Alice worked a lot with people who'd been through years of psychoanalysis and long-term therapy. But through REBT, Alice wanted to help people to heal really unhealthy beliefs and create new healthy ones. Now, another teacher of this philosophy that you may have heard of, it's probably more likely you've heard of, is Byron Katie. She has a a whole framework, a whole process for kind of questioning our own thoughts called The Work. And she has an amazing book called Loving What Is, which I highly recommend. Now, both Albert and Katie, in their own ways, have been incredible teachers for me. I've learned so much from these incredibly generous, thoughtful humans. 
And mostly it was just really bloody liberating to understand that I did not have to believe my thoughts. I found this idea incredibly radical at the time. I thought it was so beautifully simple. I spent months and months unraveling all the often quite irrational, quite mad ideas I had about myself and the world and everybody in it. And for years, I coached almost exclusively around this this area, helping folks to unravel their own unhealthy belief systems, to free them from their thoughts, for from how they were interpreting reality in ways that was just causing them a ton of suffering. And this was a beautifully helpful foundation for my research into self-doubt. So how fun to share this with you now. (laughs) Now, I just want to say that this is not, this idea that reality is neutral is not in any way an endorsement of the kind of good vibes only brigade, not even a little bit. This is about understanding that we humans are meaning-making creatures, right? Our brains are natural storytellers. Our thinking minds uh, are wired to make meaning out of everything. It's what we do as humans, how we experience the world, how our beliefs are formed, how we know who we are. It's all down to what we make each of the events in our lives, each of the relationships in our lives, each of the experiences of our lives mean about us. And our beliefs about ourselves, other people, the world, mostly come from other people. We inherit our beliefs from our parents, siblings, extended family, then teachers, friends, other adults, organizations, the wider culture, systems of power, all the things that influence us. We come to understand the world based on what we decide helps us to belong and to feel safe. And we do that through making meaning. So every experience you've had has become part of the story you tell yourself about who you are. Every event in your life has involved experiencing emotions and thoughts and actions and responses. And the meaning you made from all of this is woven into your sense of self, into your potential, your capacity, your capability. But most of us never learnt how to think about our beliefs, how to think about our thinking, how to think about why we were making particular meaning. We never pause to consider that we have a choice about how we want to interpret the world. So this takes us back to the idea that reality is neutral. We never observe reality. We observe our reactions to reality. So you give your world meaning. Reality has no meaning of its own. You give it meaning by what you perceive and define it to be. So this is not about kind of pretending to be excited about something that feels dreadful. It's not about seeing the lesson in some shitty thing that happens. It's far from that. It's about seeing that reality is neutral and that gives you your choices back. You get to see that Reality is just happening. Yes, the Amazon is on fire. There is a constitutional crisis in the UK. Your sister did say that thing that hurt your feelings. Four people did unfollow you after you posted that thing on Instagram. You do have this body. But as soon as you bring your consciousness to that reality, you're in choice. You get to decide how you want to feel, what you want to think, 
what you want to do or say to respond to that reality. So when we start recognizing that we have some accountability for our beliefs about the world, for how we are interpreting reality, we start to realize just how much of a responsibility that is. And usually a ton of resistance comes up. I know I went through that for months where I just wanted someone else to take responsibility for what they were saying and doing because that was making me, in my mind, think and feel and say and do things that I did not like about myself. So it took some time for me to understand that my way of interpreting what that person was doing or saying was all up to me. That felt kind of awful, actually, to to really take responsibility for my own experience in a way that I just had never done before. It's true adulting, I think, to really take responsibility for our own experience. And I have to say this, I don't know if this helps to share, but this experience of when I was exploring my own uh, kind of cognitive experience coincided with uh, me getting sober, choosing to be sober. And so I had this lovely kind of combination of not only realizing and recognizing just how little responsibility I had taken in the past for my own kind of behavior and beliefs and emotions. Uh, I also then had denied myself the one source of escape from those thoughts and feelings and behaviors. So it was a really interesting old experience to just be with reality and recognize that it is truly neutral and how I am interpreting it is going to create the result in my life. I want to share with you a a practice that brings this somewhat heady idea into reality because philosophy is fascinating, but if it has no bearing in practice, then it just becomes a bit of navel-gazing really, doesn't it? So this practice is a way that you can bring this idea to life in a way that's super practical. And this is the concept of clean pain and dirty pain. Now, I teach this in depth in my program, Your Self-Belief Map, where we roll back your experiences and relationships and events to uncover the root causes of self-doubt. So we use this idea of clean pain and dirty pain to explore how you could reinterpret your life events, make new meanings, and begin to actively shift the beliefs that underpin your self-doubt. So this rather fabulous concept has its origins in acceptance and commitment therapy. It's a very like well-established, peer-reviewed, evidence-based therapy. And I've just found this is incredibly helpful when we start to look at the origins of our beliefs. So let's look at this. So clean pain is the pain that is a direct result of a life event. And dirty pain is the pain that comes from all the stories and judgments we make up about the life event. So clean pain is what we feel when something hurtful, physical or emotional, happens to us. Clean pain happens when a relationship ends, when someone dies, you lose your job. It's also present when you cut your hand, if you're slicing a tomato. With clean pain, we have a natural stress response to the event, and it gradually subsides. Dirty pain is caused by the thoughts we have about the situation or event. So dirty pain sounds like, I've cut my hand because I'm so clumsy and stupid. 
my manager has scheduled my presentation last because clearly she doesn't think it's very good. I was sent to boarding school because my parents didn't want me around. So our dirty pain meanings, um, those ideas, the way we interpret the neutral event, especially those events that were in childhood, when we were less able to make sense of sometimes quite complex situations, those dirty pain stories become the truth of what happened to us. We let those dirty pain meanings stand and we never question them or look for alternative meanings. Now this is not in any way intended to minimise or trivialise your experience, nor is it intended to deny any emotional discomfort that might still be present. But it's really worth bringing your awareness to any pain that is still being created long after an event has passed. This is an opportunity to offer yourself some peace and compassion and even healing. It can be incredibly liberating to realise that how we interpret that event is causing a lot of our emotional pain and that those interpretations, our thoughts, our beliefs may not even be the whole truth. This doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. It's just really helpful, I think, to recognise that our dirty pain meanings are usually created during times of heightened emotion where we didn't have the same perspective, the same understanding of quite complex issues, often from the adult world, which we were confused by or didn't understand. And nobody ever told us that we could question that is the truth. Nobody teaches us how to create a healthy belief system. So given the circumstances of where these beliefs were created, there are entirely understandable reasons why you would hold them. And these beliefs have usually helped you survive in situations that felt unsafe or uncertain. They may have helped you to succeed in lots of ways. So this process of just looking at where is my pain coming from? Is it clean pain? Is this actually a natural stress response to an event? Or is it dirty pain? Am I adding an additional layer of interpretation and making it mean something that is not the full story? That can really help you to open yourself up to some kindness and some compassion And importantly, you get to see how you can choose what the event means. We all have this miraculous combination of systems that interpret our reality. You have your imagination, it's unlimited. And there is this part of your brain called the executive function that helps you to anticipate and plan. You have an entire limbic system that helps you access and process emotion. And then there is the amygdala, right? This part of your brain that manages your stress response, as well as your memory, everything that has ever happened to you, even those pre-verbal experiences. All of these complex systems combine and are filtered through your unique personality to interpret reality. And if you can see that reality is neutral, it's just potential, it's pure potential, we add the meaning to it. It means that every event, every incident or thing that happens in your life is neutral in origin. 
and you define it by giving it your meaning. You can choose to uh, have a very clean response to something. And then you can also see where you may be adding some stories into it. But you are the subjective consciousness that is choosing to observe this event in a way that is either helping you or hindering you. It's an amazingly powerful thing to know that everything is created and perceived by your magnificent subjective mind. Your reality is created by you, so it can be changed by you. So just notice, when are you in clean pain? When are you in dirty pain? Offer yourself compassion. How else could you see this experience? And if you want to explore the origins of your belief system or where your dirty pain even comes from, your self-belief map is worth considering. The next program opens for enrollment in a few weeks. I hope this has been interesting. Um, I'm excited to hear your feedback. So please do leave your comments, reviews, ratings on iTunes. And I will see you on the flip side.